a seat to the bar and join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files series. Hosts Tansen, Jess, and Maggie bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and diehard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast, brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's Podcast, brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 12.6, Dumbo's Magic Feather, where we are covering the novel Blood Rites. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Who am I? You sure you want to know? The story of my life is not for the faint of heart. If somebody said it was a happy little tale, if somebody told you that I was just your average, ordinary guy, not a care in the world, somebody lied. Thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us keep doing what we're doing. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 7 Harry begins his undercover career as a PA. Upon his arrival at the studio, he meets Jake and the less-than-friendly Bobby. He's then introduced to Joan Dallas, the producer, and is immediately put to work. While finishing setting up the set and chatting with Joan, Harry is overwhelmed by a malicious energy ready to attack. So, is he moving up in the world if you go from, like, a PI to a PA? Is this like one of these, like, you start from 10 and go You've clearly up, never been a PA before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. It's like, I don't know, in relation to the, the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> this is the gopher. Yeah, run. Uh, Please go get me a coffee. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people who know Harry are used to his car. It's pretty standoutable, you know, the cops just standoutable. are like. Standoutable. <laughs> And the cops are like, yep, there's that guy we've arrested 45 times in his really shitty car, right? And Michael and Charity and all the kids know that this guy drives a fucking beat-up, horribly mismatched car, right? A car with character. At a really nice, fancy studio set. It's just embarrassing. Okay, first of all, he says he's not at a super fancy. He's like... Yeah, they've rented out an industrial building, but it's still a He's like, it's a building. concrete block on the edges of the city that has no personality, no anything, so that whatever the fuck can move in there. So, first of all, secondly, you just do what my boss did and make them park in the back if you're that worried about it. <laughs> I swear, that's the only reason I got a back window was because my boss was embarrassed about my car being parked out front. Because it, it, was, it was old and held together with duct tape, and I could not justify the cost of replacing the back window. And let me tell you, people, a clear vinyl shower curtain works fabulous. It's clear enough to see out of, but thick enough to not have that garbage bag <laughs> floppy noise. So, you know, I'm sure just his mismatched car would have been... I mean, I don't know... 
I don't, I don't want to cast aspersions or anything like that, but how picky are they on a porn set? Do, do they care what you're driving up in? I'm just saying, there like, might be some room for embarrassment here when you're like next to all these rich Arturo and his beautiful car that is exploding bees and things. Well, he's not even there yet. The oh, only like other the people, fancy green rental cars. The, the, I was going to say, the only other people who have a rental car, and by the end of this chapter, we discovered that the other couple of them don't even have a vehicle at all. So, really? <laughs> I guess I kind of see where you're going here. But, again, I get this. I feel like the other buildings around them don't really have anything going on. So I feel like they literally like the only like, three or four cars in this lot. Like, I don't even envision like, so. other people... In these blocky warehouses, I get that it's sort of new enough, and I like have visions of like driving down like Fifty Second Street there, and like where it's nothing but like these you know, iron buildings. Yeah, it's yeah, just industrial. Yeah, and I mean, we did work in one of those one places I worked for. While we did build like new office in the new like industrial park thingy, and we were sort of the first ones in there for a while, and like there wasn't really anybody else in the park, although. We were super fancy because that building did, in fact, have windows. Crazy. That seemed Whoa. really depressing to me wow. that, that not only these just these plain utilitarian, but he's like, they don't even have, like, windows or anything like that. I was like, wow, that whole thing Where's was, like, the magic gonna come a glass-fronted. <laughs> so we spoke last episode about how Harry's leveling up, right? And on top of magicking this coat and taking up a keto, he's also now got a lot more nifty stuff. It's not just a shield bracelet and a blasting rod. He got himself a big old belt buckle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> big old belt buckle. To go with them cowboy boots and his big duster that belongs on the set of El Dorado. I love that he's just like this big giant mishmash of different genres, like Western, noir, fantasy, if it works, comics. It works. Right? It's right. good enough for an astronaut and a cowboy and a ninja. It's good enough for me. Exactly. Okay. But his, his, his visual aesthetic kind of... It does lean a bit more cowboy, which is funny, where he's, like, kind of making fun of the cowboy western bar in the last one. But at the same time, I'm like, it's also, again, where he keeps saying, like, not the hat, not the hat, not the hat. I'm like, really, Harry? That's all you're missing. Mm -hmm. You wear jeans. You wear your button-up shirts and stuff like that, right? Whether they're flannelly or platty or not. But you're straight, you know, your button-up. Your cowboy boots. A duster. Your long, which was... As many jokes were made in the first couple books, your long canvas duster with the big mantle, very ranch-like cowboy. I'm like, all you're missing is the hat, <laughs> literally. <laughs> you think someone would have bought him a hat by now? It was like, like not realizing even that he had an affinity against them, right? Right. And then he could still be like, you know, now you've got the hat. At least if you never want to wear it. Right. It would just go. Well, with that's the what whole. cover artists are for. <laughs> they will bring the hat that we are missing. They and they will do a very good job of it because mm. I am not opposed. What do you to mean? Read the pulls books. off the hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's also got a lot of like knickknacks too. You know, silver bells and candles and chocolate and holy water and so, junk that will have a purpose one way or the other. All his components as well as his magical silver bells arsenal. and cockle shells and pretty maids all in a row. That's what he's silver got in his pockets. Bells. Again, typical Harry, while he's got his utilitarian things, and he's like, yeah, and chocolate. It's great for spell stuff, and just, if you're hungry, it's a snack. And I have to admit, the biggest thing I just keep coming back to is, of course, Harry Potter and the chocolate after, like, the Dementors and stuff like that to, like, boost you back up. It's funny that he's got chocolate a little... Chocolate is effective. Yeah. It is funny, though, that he's but, wearing a polo shirt and slacks with his belt buckle. He's not even wearing jeans with his belt buckle right now. 
Yeah, it's got to look ridiculous. It looks ridiculous. This big, giant silver belt buckle that he has carved with his slacks and polo shirt. The bear. Roar. So weird. A standing bear, too. So, like, how tall are you? Because normally, you know, belts kind of go on the horizontal. So, again, like yeah. a You know that one coworker that's just weird? That's got, right. <laughs> like, that's Harry's role. Just the weirdo. And if you don't have one, it's you. Yeah. You're staring at you, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Eggs are weird. You're weird. I don't know that people, if they imagine Mom as being like a nice lady, but she's not. She's got the ugliest glasses on the planet. Oh, that I was complimented on again yet today. And bad. And so I just want you guys to make sure you're imagining a dork who should be shoved into lockers at any given time when you imagine My glasses are ugly. Adorable and have okay. character, and I constantly get complimented on them, which I love because every time they do, I'm like, "Thank you." It's just extra validation, and I tell them every time. Because my daughter hates them, they're like, "What? No!" They're bad and ugly. You're the only mm-hmm. one that says that, though. I'm the only one that loves you enough to tell you the truth. Everybody loves my glasses, and you're wrong. Not true. <laughs> so two nerds get out of the car. It's very- Where are they though? Total nerds. One of them sounds very <laughs> Harry Potter-esque. Man named Jake. Round rim spectacles. Mm-hmm. A slightly fitter version, though. It's got his Nike's t-shirt and his cross trainers. Could totally beat up Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> totally beat up or beat up? Beat up. Pa. This is very funny, though, because they're like, oh, there's a new guy on set. Who are you? And Harry's like, stunt man. <laughs> <laughs> Which we all giggled at. Apparently, Bobby did not find it quite so funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Come to find out that one of the actors is having performance issues. Well, no, he only did once, but that's the thing that can happen because Harry, of course, being completely facetious, it's like it's a poor movie. There's not going to be such a thing as a stunt double. And then sure discovers enough. that there is. Such a, and he's like, thought I was a stunt penis? What? <laughs> you know? It's like. So, yeah, that's what makes it all the more funny. Is like, know what, what they the- say about 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> <laughs> know what? They hit their head on doors? Yes. Frequently. Frequently. <laughs> it's really very funny because, yeah, Jake comes off as just all, like, again, keeps in shape but not, like, fanatical, whereas Bobby's slightly more of the fanatical, big, beefy. And, and I love Harry's term of, like, his macho jitsu thing, right? right. Who the hell are you? <laughs> I the hell am Harry. Oh, you always a wise ass. No, sometimes I'm asleep. <laughs> but yeah, kid just totally gets his nose completely out of joint. Harry's like, what the fuck? So it's a little bit funny when they clear it up. But yeah, at the same time, right? It's He's like, oh yeah, as soon as like, Jake's holding back, then he gets like twice Way as aggressive. Who's got that energy at 9 a.m. though, honestly? Like, oh, really? I get coming out of the bar at like 11 and you're all... Heat up and stuff. 20 year olds on steroids uh, to look buff. I don't know. Testosterone does wonderful things. That's crazy. I got a lot of attitude, okay, but not at 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if somebody came up and started to like insult you, I'm pretty sure your crankiness would just take over and I'm sure you'd come across with enough attitude. I probably wouldn't like Harry in real life, honestly. <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just depends on. Because he would have outsassed you, and you would have been mad about it. <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, Jake tries to make a, at least a bit of an excuse for Bobby because he's like, he says he's nervous trying to figure out his stage name. 
Yes, that's another problem in the industry. Getting your perfect... Hey, man. Names have power. They, yeah, totally. It's a good point, Jake. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> exactly. So he needs to come. He needs to come up with something that's, you know, inspires confidence and makes him look all rugged and manly and hasn't been used and isn't too, you know, stereotypical or cliched. And so yeah, so funny. Sorry. He's like, well, what do you go by? He's like, Jack Rockhard. <laughs> He's like, what? You don't know me? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know the TV, and I don't really go to those theaters. It's like, what are you Amish? That's it. Yeah, I'm I'm Amish. <laughs> well, what should what, what what would Harry's stage name be? I would have just gone with Harry Harder. Magic Mike. Hmm. <laughs> 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 I feel like Copperfield would have. Copperfield? Copperfield or something uh, like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Copperfield. Yeah, yeah. I got it! There you go. <laughs> hey, I had, I was working on it with that. I just wasn't sure what I was going to change. I'm so proud of my magic the, mic. I riffed with you. I riffed with you. It was, it was, it was a good you. collaboration okay. there on the... You guys can have that one and I'm keeping magic mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, like Dumbo's magic yeah, feather, invisible. it inspires confidence <laughs> to have a good stage name that gets you respect among the industry. So Jake and Harry enter the building and head to the uh, the green room. A, quote, plain-faced woman in her 40s named Joan Dallas enters the room, calling Jake Guffy. Turns out that she is the producer. I had to look up Guffy. And it turns out, um, yeah, Urban Dictionary? It doesn't actually exist. It's quite literally made up by Jim Butcher, and that's the, like, the first entry in Urban Dictionary. <laughs> says, ah, Jim Butcher made it up. Oh, I think it's just his name. Maybe it's his last got name, nicknamed. Jake Guffey or something? Yeah, yeah I, I think eventually it just comes up. According to this, it is yeah. a generic nickname for a gopher used by Jim Butcher in his um, novel Blood Rights. Like, like, that's... This is one of the first female characters that is her nipply breasts were nippling yeah. and she was so drop dead and I couldn't help but stare her. He's like, yeah, plain face woman. I'm like, damn, dude, for you, that just seems insulting. That's true, right? Right. Like not mentioning anything is damn near like, wow, like you, you didn't see this chick. Only took how many books for him to throw in somebody normal? Yeah, right. Unfortunately, not the entirety of the cast and crew has arrived yet. We're still waiting on one who is going to apparently take her time and do what she always wants to do. She does call Harry Stilts. Yeah. Like that she... one makes a lot more sense. Seems she likes to give nicknames. Mm-hmm. I don't think the joke is all the funny. So yeah, so he comes out with, with, he's like, oh, I'm a midget. The haircut just makes me taller. And she laughs. And I'm like, it's okay. But I'm like... It's really one of Harry's lamer jokes. I don't feel like that's one of his real strong ones. Both outdated and <laughs> just weak. Yeah. I was, you know, to me it seems like the kind of thing Joan might have, like, chuckled or, like, snorted at or something. But not like, like, she laughed. And then I was like, that one's not worth a laugh laugh, though. People that who aren't as like exposed a- to Harry all the time, okay? They don't know yet just how funny he can be. I, well, that's not a good representation of it then. You either. can't win them all. You can't win them all. So John, John moves things along and tells Jake to get cleaned up and get to the dressing rooms. She confirms that Giselle and Emma are there, which Jake doesn't seem to respond very terribly positively to. Somebody's missing. Somebody's missing. Yeah. There's a whole, are they here yet? And she's like instantly like, well, okay, Emma and Giselle are. It's like, ooh. <laughs> So somebody's not yet. No. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Bit of attitude going on there. Attitude, but yeah. Jack's but no like, problem. Oh, Run along, boys. Go. Right. And then <clears throat> Harry's job as a PA begins. Joan's okay. She'll just work here to death. <laughs> but I love her. She's bringing the cookies, too. She's like, my blood sugar drops and my bite. <laughs> you know? it's like... So this actually is really interesting because she has Harry start setting up technical equipment. And Harry's basically never seen any of this shit before. And he's like, it's right? actually cool. This like, kind of cool. I never get to hang out with technology. And I was like having fun doing it all. I had to like leave every time it got turned on. But the whole part before <laughs> that was really fun. Just putting it together I could do. Yeah. And he's like kind of a little bit like like being down on the farm. Just the steady rhythmic sort of getting into a, a groove of just doing some manual labor kind of yep. stuff. But I imagine that, yeah, that would have been, like, you know, an actual, like, new experience for Harry. Like, ooh, look at all these lights and cables and computers and all this shit. Very, right? Until they have to put it together, and then he's, um, yeah, I should step out of the room. I have a plate. I'm sorry, how did you get this job? Uh. <laughs> Arturo's my uncle's cousin's mother's friend. Yeah. It's like, good thing you got interrupted there, and you can figure it out later on. Yeah. Well, we find out that, that Joan is a little bit of a jack-of-all-trades. Herself, this yes. this too, is that, yeah, we find it. Because he's like, well, I thought, like, Arturo was, like, the producer, and she, he's, like, the producer-producer. I actually get shit done. <laughs> you know? He's got the money. I do the work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All producers, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly, right? One gets the money, and the other spends it. Mm. Yeah. So we find out that she's done all kinds of stuff around there. Like, she's like, whatever the fuck was in here beforehand, a computer company were, like, lying through their teeth because they fucked up the electrical system real bad. So she's like, I had to rewire that, and I've had to, like, take care of some of the plumbing, and I've had to, like, do some of the this and the that and the other thing. And so he's like, oh, you're an engineer, just by necessity. <laughs> you know, being an IT person, I'm, like, wondering what the fuck. Yeah, well, so Wait, she... Really? <laughs> That's so, curious. So really, you know, it was, like, some, like, I don't know, big, like, hydroponics lab or something that they needed, like, some way different, like... See, I just thought it was, like, a meth lab. Whatever, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't whichever would. As soon as somebody's I lying sadly about it. do not know enough about either to know which. Well, I was thinking the hydroponics for the, the weed, not the math, but mm. yeah, I was still thinking the same okay. industry, but just the different. Those are the high tech ones where they get this whole sort Trying of. Trying to go for the money. Grow okay. up thingy, yeah, but like the fancy, well established. But yeah, something that would be putting much more of a strain than, than this computer company should have been. All right. I mean, isn't most network cables low voltage? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's this heavy duty. Yeah. Of course, if they've got a lot of computers in there, then you probably want a lot of... Well, no, I think, I think you're I on the right point because that's exactly what Joan is saying. She's like, they had to be lying. She's like, there's no way computer company would need this much shit, right? Yeah. So that's her whole point is she's like... Uh. Yeah, they had to be. Like, it makes absolutely... It's the same thing. She's like, it makes no sense to her because uh -huh. she's like, I don't see why they would have needed it to be like this. So, yeah, either they were some crazy, insane, futuristic computer company or there was a some, something else some, Something on. else happening. Oh, a building with no windows? Yeah, we'll work here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Right. <laughs> like, perfect. Mm -hmm. Let's just rewire things. So he does get this whole new unfamiliar, interesting, whatever, all the bits and bobs of, of putting these things all together. And again, we get the whole little rundown on Harry and magic mixing with technology and why he drives a VW and why he uses a Rolodex. Jessica knows no one is. I'll watch. Jessica now. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a really old watch that you had to move the hands yourself. It's it terrible. I still didn't tell you the time. <laughs> yeah. You could only set it if you already knew what time it was. It was so then they've got to figure out the lights so that people aren't too shiny and the parts that are supposed to be lit up are lit up and the parts that aren't supposed to be hide the wrinkles and the blab and the shadows but make sure they look really good. And Which has got to be incredibly awkward to set up before anybody's on set. I'm like, you've got to have, I'm like, that's got to be just a really, really vague idea of where shit goes because until people start getting in there and throwing shadows, I'm thinking, there's no way you can light this thing. But, wow. Yeah. From somebody who has been a stage manager, they have, well, like, at least live theater has a blocking and queuing day. They do general designs, but you can sort of design what you think it'll look like, and then you have this, when when the actors come on, it's called queue to queue, and you go to different things. And you and can then, save the presets, like yeah. scene five is going to have. And, and then you adjust it once oh, okay. they're, so once you're, they're oh, Okay, so yeah, the, okay, so you're having the general, like, we know he's going to be standing there, and she's going to be sitting there, and The foundation and is there, you tweak it, it okay. after. Yeah, okay, maybe. I am surprised, though, how candid Joan is about, uh, about Trisha. To like somebody that's just brand Instantly. new on Instantly. You want to hear the work drama, like, bitch? Just talking <laughs> shit right away. But I guess, like, there's always been a time where you've just really disliked the boss, you dislike a coworker, and right away you gotta know, we fucking hate that guy. I was gonna say, there are some, and yeah, I think there's enough history, because you're right, most of us try not to lay out too much, because we have somebody new starting you at work, so... You want to feel out the ground first and see that they're chill before you integrate them into your work, but every now and again, you're no, we hate that guy. We're just trying not to overly influence, like, one of my neighbors is coming on where I work as a driver and stuff like that, right? And again, he was, like, commenting about running into, because we're out in the smaller town, so yes, several of the people out there work and live around there, so you're going to run into people even more so than you would in the big city, right? You know, there's there's that tempting to comment, or like other people know about whatever drama involves so-and-so before, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to... I don't want to give him those preconceived notions about, like, let him figure out if he likes these people or not before you start coloring their view with past drama and things like that. It's not really relevant. So I'm like, I get that sometimes, but yeah, I definitely have had those those one or two where it's like you cannot help the instant somebody starts talking about them and you just, you cannot hide your disdain whatsoever. <laughs> I, I think what surprises me about it is just because she is in a leadership leadership position, it's kind of like, ooh. Yeah, ooh. and I think that's a little bit of what's like. Which might maybe just speaks to how awful she really is. Yeah, and that's kind of how I take it. They get into the thing, they're like, oh, so yeah, she's like, I gotta go round them all up. And he's like, oh, but some people aren't here, right? And then she's like, oh, scrump. <laughs> you know? And he's like, I take it that's a thing, right? I despise that self-absorbed, egotistical little bitch. Really strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So don't she's hold back. Not yes, really. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is essentially what Harry says. Like, don't repress your emotions like that. You know, and it sounds like she's got reason because she does go on to say that she thinks she's just hot shit and everybody you know she's gonna flounce around do whatever the fuck she wants and give everybody else the impression that they don't have to show up on time and they don't have to be entirely sober and they don't have to be professional and well, on time is money well, they have to if she's not there they have to still pay the actors to do nothing while she's not there exactly and all of this and we already know even just in our intro with Arturo you know that he's hey I gotta make these films I'm trying to branch out on my own we've got a time limit 
whether it's budgeted time, budgeted money, budgeted yeah, a lot on location, you know, like we don't have a lot of time to fuck around and all this shit keeps happening to fuck things up and fuck around. And so this I want to protect people, but I also want to, we got to get this done. This is a brand new studio starting up, right? You need people to be here and do their job, okay? You don't have the extra funds and time to, yeah, be throwing it away. Yeah, and exactly. It's not starting off in a good foot. It's not, right? And I mean, you've, I mean, even what limited knowledge I have of other sort of, you know, predictions, but I mean, again, that's the thing you hear about all the time with like Hollywood movies and stuff like that, you know, they're like, you have X amount of time and money. So every time you have to redo a shot or you can't get a shot, right? You've only got this location. I mean, again, granted, there's probably less public locations they have to get for this movie than others, right? Presumably the whole thing is going to be shot just but exactly it's it's that whole thing right of like how much money it costs to run all the equipment and how much costs to have film and shit and how much you're paying people to write like well it sounds like this is at least a a, quite a bare bones production like there's yeah it's quite limited but on top of that it's not even oh it's hard to start your own company it's that he straight up burned bridges to come and start this company. Right. Like, everyone who's working with him cannot work anywhere else. Yeah. This company this has is, to this make is it. This is literally a make it or break it. Yeah, because yeah, they're going to be, as we again discover in this mm-hmm. whole conversation about finding out that, yeah, the Toro branching out on his own, that he managed to work in this deal that he can take some of these people with him. Found a loophole. Found a loophole, but if this doesn't go well, he's they're all going down with they're the shit. Dead. Yeah, it doesn't mean they won't get blacklisted if they... Exactly, and you know, and she's like, Trisha, right? Because Harry's like, well, she's the big star. She should have some pull, and she makes a very legit point. With a very, she's, she's a big star with a very limited shelf life, you know? Right. The truth of the matter, the good, bad, and the ugly, you think Hollywood is bad, porn is even worse. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, although I'm... Jobs don't last Imagine forever. there's, apparently, you know, there, there's... Well, something for everyone. Something for everyone. <laughs> but generally speaking, exactly. You know, the older... High budget porn grandma. studios are a little bit more standardized. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So so she's so obviously she's had some experience with working with this woman before. And so just the fact that now everything is that much tighter. And she's like, she's going to act like a fucking little princess and do whatever which will inevitably lead you know those that are professional be professional but again we've all seen it in our in our own everyday work things that you know people that are like newer and don't really know what to do are gonna oh that's how you act in this situation or people that aren't as solidly professional are gonna allow themselves to be influenced that way and exactly be like oh you know what if I'm running five minutes they big deal like she's not even gonna be there for another 20 like I'm fine you know and so on 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 right so yeah and again you can tell Joan doesn't have which is interesting because I'm like considering they had to just throw Harry into this spot but I'm like she literally has no other production assistants or gophers beyond this like okay we do see one or two people in a little bit a couple of chapters but it's just also kind of surprising that it was Small like production Literally, she was gonna, yeah, like, again, you talk about needing all hands on deck. I was like, she literally was gonna get all the set up by herself completely. <laughs> well, and so this is another point that Harry brings up, too, is like, this bitch is gonna do it all alone. Yeah. She cannot be a practitioner of the arts. Like, there's no way she's running around with that much power to pull off these kinds of spells and setting up all this equipment all the time. And that's exactly, that's right there. So he's like, wait a minute, there seems like there could be some motive for some vengeful feelings or some uh hanky panky jealousy jealousy and vindictive yeah but exactly he's like but it doesn't really seem to make sense at the same time because she'd be screwing herself over with all of this and again 
no way could she deal with all this equipment day in and day out. And then, like you say, do things like fixing up the electrical and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. Like, there's, yeah. And then she's obviously somebody that is, has, because she says, too, you know, that she's known Arturo for a long time and stuff like that, right? So it's like, not like Harry, he's going to bluff it for a couple of days. It's like, there's definite proof that she's been working and operating around all this stuff, so. It is kind of amazing just how few staff they have. Like, you th- you see, like, an actual, like, blockbuster movie production, and then the credits at the end are, like, all these Oh my god, the assistant to the assistant to the assistant, and you know, yeah. <laughs> and this, it's like, it would be like, bleep. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This is, or no, it's. it's, do, it's do, does porn have credits? I don't know. So I, in honor of <laughs> a couple I episodes ago, I promised to keep watching to make sure <laughs> that it stayed. True they might find plot. And so, how is your research going? Really minimal credits, but they are there, okay? <laughs> Good to know. I'm glad my daughter's in charge of this spot. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, I prefer it to be me than you, so. <laughs> fair enough. I think I would, too. Or else it's going to be one of those things, like, like when you do your own, like, um, movie demo thing, and you're, like, written by Tanzan, produced by Tanzan, edited by Tanzan, assisted yeah. by t- hair and makeup by t- You know, it's going to be like, you still have all the same credit, it's just the same name for all of it. You get a lot of that, too. <laughs> It's like if you ever go to Walmart and you buy those like $5 movie deals that has like eight films on one disc, 99.9% of the time those films are college films made for their final project that got released into the world as, you know, a movie, but, you know, because they're college, they didn't really make any money on it and you get like one disc with eight films on it. That's basically where those films come from. Yeah. And the $5 movie bins at Walmart are just college class projects. And that's usually how it is. The credits is just like three names on 45 different drops. <laughs> <laughs> titles and roles. Yeah, and posi- yeah exactly. Yeah, it's so amazing it's- what you can do with an iPhone. <laughs> Nowadays. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Harry starts feeling the malevolent powers that be. Which His is... Spider sense tingles. Another good fact that is probably not Joan, as he's in the room with her and she's not doing anything. Good point, good point. Uh, So, yeah, and then we find out just how small the production really is because there's literally only six people in the building. The two female actors, the two male actors, Harry and Joan, (laughs) as far as they know. Yeah. So, again, this does beg the question of did Harry not really knowing what was going on and wanting to get a jump? Because he does ask to talk to, like, Arturo. He's like, oh, I was hoping to talk to him. And she's like, he's probably not out of bed, right? So I'm like, is this one of the reasons why there's nobody else there? Like, Harry just insanely early for what the production assistants needed to be there to set up? Is that part of why? Or again, is this already that everybody else is trickling in a little bit later than they should because of the Trixie Vixen bullshit? You know what I mean? Because yeah, you, you have the three or four professionals there, and I'm like, I get maybe... Like, I would say on the one hand, I could get them being there because you're right, they gotta go shower, hair, makeup, do things like that that have to be ready. But again, I'm like, obviously Joan had a bunch of shit that needed to be set up. The cameras weren't already all set up from the day before. Oh, and I can see why why Jim Butcher would set it up this way because it's, you have too many characters, like too many people. Oh, for around. sure. There's no way for him to solve it. Well, for sure, but I mean, you just get sometimes just got, like, like those backgroundies, cast, cast and crew. Then it's just like too much to keep track of in a storyline like this. The only way to write a proper whodunit is to introduce just about everyone at the beginning. Okay. You, if you don't have anyone introduced by like act two, you're not. A, they can't be the killer. Well, no, I get that, but I mean, again, there's the main characters you deal with, and then like you know. But I'm just saying, it's, it's a little bit like you don't have just these other background characters that you're like, okay, yeah, well, probably it's not going to be them because they're too much of a background character, obviously, 
it doesn't have any impact unless mm-hmm. it's somebody you can follow along in the story. I get that, but just, you know, I mean, again, right, the fact that he doesn't mention some randos in the background doing shit, right? So, okay, I was just like, is that all? Because you do get a few Small of them All production, okay? Yeah, Harry pretty much just takes over and, like, tells Joan what to do. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> They're in danger. Let's go. Right in time to hear a scream. Mm-hmm. Dramatic. He doesn't really get that Joan has the vengeance vibe, but he definitely feels like she's hiding something. And I think that was part of what I was going to say to you, just with the whole, like, when he starts getting it, it's, it's nice that there's not exactly 10,000 people in the building so far. But it always struck me as a little bit weird, because he's like, quick, where is everybody? And she's like, it does comment that she's a little bit like, what? But at this end, I'm like, I get it, if you had a bunch of shit going on. But I'm like, I just feel like I would have found it a lot stranger if the new guy who's just about to explain to me how he got this job where he can't be in the studio when I turn shit on because of his plight. And then he's like, wait a minute, who else is here? And she's like, well, Look over like, there. Yeah, and he's like, quick, we need to get to them right now. You know, and she's like, oh, okay, this way. You know, like, again, it's just one of those, like, also it weird. fits, but also seems rather awkward and not real smooth with the whole... My I mean, spider sense is tingling. Maybe there's shock factor there. She's just like, oh, okay. Well, right. And think- a little bit, but yeah, and like, I get... I mean, they make the point in the script, too. It's like, she looked at me worried more than frightened or whatever like that. So she wasn't afraid of me. She was just frightened in general or what. Yeah, and I guess just when he's like, quick, where is everybody? Because he's like, my toe might have, like, alarmed her more. And she's like, right, which sort of. But, again, I'm like, we just had a really weird guy start at work and last, like, only a few days. And then kind of. And this is the thing, because he's one of those people where I'm like, dude. You're supposed to hide the crazy until after your three months, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And then you can start being a little. And it was just, again, just one of those, like, I don't know quite how to describe it, but just he was too, like, intense or hyper or, or where you're like, okay, take it down a notch. Like, I get being, like, worried on your first day and, like, I'm so sorry this happened. And then being like, oh, we forgot to tell you it's broken. Okay, cool. But, like, he was, like, everything, like, ramped up to 11. You know, like, literally, we're like, okay, dude, no, it's fine, there was this, and he literally, like, dropped to his knees, and then I was like, oh, thank God. I'm like, okay, yeah, see, that's a, dramatic. that's a little bit too much. I can get being, even again, the the joking where you, like, you know you're being overly dramatic, being like, oh, thank God, but not, like, this kind of, right, you know, and I'm just like, but yeah, I feel like all of a sudden he was like, quick, I'm like, I'm not gonna point out where everybody is, I'm gonna be like, what the fuck do you need to know? I'm like, dude, just walk out of the room, you gotta turn the cameras on, okay? Well, maybe Undercover Boss didn't exist when this book came out, but if I had, like, some new coworker come and be like, so where does everyone, like, smoke behind the boss's back? I'd be like, alright, Yeah, the fuck are you? <laughs> exactly, a little bit, right? Oh, it's you my know. first day on the porn studio, where do the actors hang out? Tell me right now. Well, exactly, because he gets a little bit of, I don't think he doesn't get, like, dirt, dirt on Anturo, but he's like, what do you think, but she, she gives him the background, right? She's like, Anturo's a really nice guy, but he's an idiot making this move, and she's like, oh my god, Trisha's, and again, that one we get, because she's also got, obviously got some personal feelings towards that whole thing, right? But she does she, fully she insult Arturo. <laughs> yeah, but she has sort of been dishing on all of them or whatever, right? Like, it, it, it again, like, usually the first day, I'm like, I'll, I'll give people the rundown, like, yeah, so-and-so is really nice, but they hate this, so make sure you don't you know, whatever, right? But you don't get into, like, the deep dive of all your coworkers on the yeah. first day. You're like, yeah, you got to see if you fit in first, and mm-hmm. then we'll tell you what. Well, and that's the kind of person that I'd be like, oh, I don't want to. Well. What, what do you say about me behind my Exactly, back, right? and all of this, right? And, I mean, again, you got to, you know, speed of the book. you got to get it all in fast. But, yeah, it was just, again, it was more just the fact that he's all of a sudden like, oh, my spidey sense is tingling, and she's like, they're all this way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hmm. 
but yes, off, off they go. Gotham, and we all know what the bat signal is like. <laughs> right, exactly. For again, I think it probably like, would have worked a little bit better if they put the scream. Even like if if he felt the energy scream, then he goes, "Where Where's, is everybody?" Yeah, yeah. that would have felt a little bit more natural. Even that, and I mean, we'll get into the next chapter too about why the scream also worked later. But it does make it so weird that. Yeah, Joan is just like, okay. He's like, yeah, yeah, one minute you're kind of standing there and all, because again, right, we all know, but he's like, we all get the explanation about how he feels it in this, not even just like, ooh, like bad vibes, because you know, you've all been in a building where you get the chills, or you get, right, but he's like, no, this was like dark, malevolent, this was bad shit going on, right? And we're like, okay, Joan's completely oblivious to all of that. But yeah, exactly. Then just be like, wow, I suddenly need to know where everybody is, like, who else is here and where are they? We need to go right now. <laughs> And yeah, I think it's only because of the frantic, you know, getting caught up in everything that follows that he gets away with sort of glossing over it. But yeah, it's, it's again, it was a little bit like... We really do like these books, I swear. We do, but... <laughs> We've mentioned before, though, when you have to read the same chapter over and over and over again, it's hard to not get nitpicky, okay? <laughs> well, and again, Wait a second. A lot of things, like, to me, this is one of those things I'm like, it always did a little bit, but it's like, now I just get to comment to other people about that, right? That I'm like, I understand for how the book's got to go, why it's like that, but I'm just pointing out there, in real life, <laughs> the first time I read this, I'm like, that's a little awkward. Same with the Murphy conversation last chapter. Sometimes, exactly. Not how you talk to friends. Sometimes you got to get there for the most part. Butcher is fabulous, and he does a really good job of making the supernatural world blend in. But every once in a while, there's just like that awkward. Too much of a But whatever. Harry's kind of awkward and stuff, too, so at the same time. Sacrifices for storyline. I was going to say, all things given, I can think of probably a million embarrassing, stupid things I blurted out that really you're like nobody would say that in real life in a public conversation that was just like beyond and you're like and yet I lived it so that's fair I guess at least at least we know Harry's got his for us it was just legitimately I'm like I don't know why that came out like that that just everything about this just conspired to make this a supremely embarrassing event which at least we know in the background Harry's got justification for it (laughs) many times in my life I have left the room to not listen to my mother embarrass herself further shut (laughs) up Everybody loves my glasses. Loves them. They're gross. This concludes our episode 12.6, Dumbo's Magic Feather. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and mcanally.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk.